0: Hi, and welcome to the Radius Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more information about Radius Church, please check us out on our website, radiuschurch.tv. How many in here... Or even watching online, you could t- put it in the chat. How many in here were good students in school? Let me see all the good students. All right. Come on. See, now see, isn't that something? Because good students are used to raising their hand. Ooh, me, 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 me. Pick me. Pick me, right? I was never that student. I was like trying to avoid eye contact. How many, how many of those do I have in the room? Let me see. <laughs> that's why we get along so good everybody all right so how many would you admit this how many uh maybe not only were good students but teacher's pet and we got any teachers oh oh look at people are pointing at each other look at i like that um when it came to tests, first of all i was not a good student at all um in my early elementary years i moved around so much I was always so far behind, and I'd go to another school, and they were so far ahead, and I was totally, totally lost. By the time I entered high school, 14 years old, uh, I had a full-time job, so I'm working a full-time job with a work permit and trying to get through school. and And I honestly took very few tests uh, through high school. Um, I was saved, but I wasn't all all the way saved. How many know what I'm talking about? So. Let's just say I had a little assistance. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And so, what's ironic about it is now God calls me into ministry, and so I'm reading uh, a, probably a book a week and studying and writing. Isn't God funny? He kind of has a sense of humor, right, everybody? And and so, but what I did I didn't mind too bad was multiple choice tests. Can anybody relate? Come on, all my not favorite students. Come on. How many of you you can relate? Right. Because I didn't have to write anything. I hated when I had to explain something. And so, there was a few teachers I learned to explain by just making it very wordy. You know, I would just start writing dates. Well, in 1836, Mr. Rubble met Mr. Flintstone and... (laughs) And I'd make it sloppy enough and look impressive enough that every once in a while they'd skip right past it because they didn't want to read all that. But most of the time they didn't. But I liked multiple choice because at least I had an option. And I thought, man, one out of three, most of our tests were multiple choice, A, B, or C. And I thought, okay, I have a chance. (laughs) You, You know what I'm saying? Come on, is there anybody that relates to that? Come on, AJ, where are you? You better be raising your hand, AJ. I know you. All right, so it, it, it seems like uh, it, it seems like that. So put that on the shelf just a minute. How many also would agree that there's probably something about yourself that you would like to change? Is that right? Wow, those hands went up really fast. Uh, and, and it just let's just take a poll. What would you like to change about yourself? Is anybody brave enough? To just shout it out. Anybody? Yeah? Procrastination. All right. What'd you say over here? Perception on life. All right. Good. Yep. Your body image. All right. Okay. That's real. That's serious. Anybody else? Come on. I need some people on this side of the room. Okay. Yes. Learning to say no. Good one. Yeah. Yes, sir. School. <laughs> I would like to change about myself school. I just don't think it's right. It's not of God. (laughs) I kind of like that answer. Yeah, Stacy, are you overthinking? overthinking. Yes, ma'am. You're OCD. OCD. All right. Okay. Uh, Yeah. In the back. (laughs) How many can relate to that one? Come on. You better raise your hand. Come on now. (laughs) Keeping my mouth shut. I I, I like that. Coming from, uh, yeah, okay, never mind. All right. I'm almost, see, I almost fell right into your trap there. Uh, More hair, you know, uh, bigger biceps, come on men, be honest, all right, you know, all those kind of things important in life. Well, today you're going to have an option to evaluate where you're at and what things you might consider changing. In fact, I'm going to give you a multiple choice. There's going to be three things in the message. First option is who you are. Who, who you are, to really evaluate who you are, spiritually speaking. Number two is where you live. Um, and I'm not talking about geographically, and I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about where you live, where you're at on the journey. And then lastly, I want to talk to you about how much you get in life. And I'm, how many already ahead? You know, that's not talking about monetary necessarily, right? W- we have always said at Radius, we want you to be on a journey with us. And and quite often we incorporate that into our messages and we just want you to be on this journey. We plastered them on our wall. Those are the, kind of the four big pillars of the journey we want to help people walk through. But that journey is not just uh, something that we want right here. It's also kind of symbolic in the Old Testament for those of you that know the story of the children of God that were in captivity in Egypt. And Moses came along. He got the people of God and they started a journey right and and in that journey we also kind of can can see some shadows or some symbols of our spiritual journey that we take so we were all once lost or all once in egypt living in bondage hello everybody right and then we come out of that and we're on this journey they go and spend 40 years in the desert I would submit that the desert part, they were out of Egypt, but the desert was getting the Egypt out of them. I mean, know what I'm talking about, right? And then there's this other place called Canaan. It doesn't represent heaven. it just represents victorious Christian living. It represents a place that we can be in God, that is mature, that we have in our understanding that we have God's favor on our lives and so those are the lands that I want to take you through today I want you to consider it this way I want you to consider the journey and the multiple choice being of these three options you can live in Egypt and by the way Egypt is the land of not enough Do you remember the story anybody seen the 10 commandments at least right remember they were commanded to make brick but they didn't have enough straw and they didn't have enough rest and they didn't have enough peace, right? It was the land of not enough is what it was. And then they moved from there to the desert. And if you remember the desert, it was the land of just enough. They had, Remember they'd go out and they'd pick up manna. How many remember this, right? And, and they couldn't get enough for a week. They had to get just enough manna for the day. So they lived in the land of just enough. But there is this land, there is this Canaan land that's the promised land where you can live in more than enough. And when Jesus came, his ministry was telling us about this more than enough. John 10.10 tells us that he came to give life and life more abundant. And all through the scriptures today, we, we will see Uh, in in reflective these three lands but not only these three lands we will see all through scripture the story of three men and these three men live in one of these lands and these three men's if whatever land they live in determines what they have not enough just enough or more than enough come on multiple choice are you guys with me Mm -hmm. this is a test all right From Genesis to Revelation, these three men they show up. They really show up in every story. They show up in every man and woman. They show up in, in every story, whether it's a metaphor or whether it's real. They show up from Revelations, from Genesis all the way to Revelations. Their, their their names change, and their and and their dates change, and all there and their circumstances change. But but their character and their methods of operation they remain the same. Here they are, and this is what we're going to talk about. And this is your multiple choice. They are, number one, they are the natural man. He shows up on every page of Scripture. Number two is the carnal man. And when I say man, please don't uh, tune me out, women, because when I say man, I mean it in the broad sense. Human beings. There's the natural man. There's the carnal man. I'm going to spend a little more time on this one. And number three is there is the spiritual man. So you have some multiple choice today. You can be the natural man, the carnal man, or the spiritual man. You can live in Egypt, you can live in the desert, or you can live in Canaan. You can have not enough, you can have just enough, or you can have more than enough. And this is a test, and you get to choose which one of those lands, come on, and which one of those men, and how much you want to have in your life. I'm already preaching, come on now, all right? Let's talk about it. The natural man. Let's dive into it. Let me give you some scriptural support for this. Paul is talking to the church of Corinth that has all kind of issues going on. And he says this. He says, now I'm reading out a a few different translations today. So we typically, unless stated, I always give you the new international version. Uh, This is the new American Standard Bible. But here's what it says. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Stop right there for a minute. How many already know that to be true? How many ever came to church somewhere in your life before you were saved and you didn't get it? Can I just see your hands? It's like, man, I don't get it. I don't understand why they're singing. I don't understand why they're so happy. I don't understand why the guy on the stage is such a fanatic. I don't understand it. I don't get it. And the things that your spiritual friends would talk to you about Am I right about this? It just did not make sense. I don't understand why they'd get up on their day off and go to church. I don't understand why they would give their hard-earned money to the church. I, I don't understand that, right? And that's what Paul's talking about. But the natural person, the, the person living in the flesh, they're not born again, does not accept the th- things of the Spirit of God. For, watch this, for their foolishness to Him. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. It's foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. How many know after you became saved and your spirit man becomes born again, there are certain things that used to not make any sense that make complete sense now? Am I right about this? Okay, and uh, let's see. Is that all I got on that one? Yeah, okay. So he cannot accept the things of God. They're just foolishness to him. Um, Again, your friends that aren't saved, your family that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't understand your fascination with Jesus. They think, they told my wife this when she got saved, she lost all of her friends when she gave her life to the Lord, and they all thought it was a phase she was going through. And they would check back with her occasionally to see if she had got through that phase. Come on. (laughs) Kind of like diets. How many know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) Okay. And so this natural man, he lives in Egypt. He's still in bondage. He's still living under the taskmaster. And he's millions of miles away from the things of God. He's in bondage. He's living under the taskmaster. He's living under a different set of rules. How I many you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, he, he, and it's easy. Sometimes we can be uh, the natural man in the land of not enough but have enough physically that it camouflages that we're in the land of not enough. If you know the story at all, later when they got out of Egypt, they wanted Moses to bring them back because at least they got to eat leeks and onions. What kind of idiot desires to go back to have a diet of leeks and onions only. Okay, if you like onions, I'm not calling you an idiot. Please know that, all right? Okay, but so so it can be camouflaged that life is good. I got a home. I got 2.3 kids. I got a dog. I got a minivan. I'm paying the bills. Life is good. But you're living under here as a natural man, really in the land of not enough, because all your joy and all your peace Come on, and all your blessings are dependent upon what the natural man can do and what the taskmaster of that land allows you to do. Ah, Come on now, right? He's in bondage. Here's the other thing. I wanted to really go deep into this, but time won't let me today. I may come back. But he's living under the shadow of the idols of that land. Mm-hmm. There's sphinxes, and there's pyramids, and there's statues, and there's... Come on, how many would agree we are living in the shadows of the idols of this world today? hmm come on. There are those that would... Oh, never mind, I better leave that alone. It sounds too mean after Thanksgiving. The natural man, he lives for what can be seen. He lives for what can be touched. He lives for what can be felt. He lives for how much money... He lives for possessions. He lives for those things. Those things aren't wrong, but that's the center of his world. That's why Jesus came on the scene and said, Seek first the kingdom, and I'll take care of all those other things, but don't make those things the shadow of the idols that you live under. Right, Right, everybody? The natural man views the things of God as foolishness. uh, How many of you right now have a family member or a friend that thinks you're foolish to be in church this morning? Let me see your hands. See? Look around. They just think you're foolish. Um, and, And so 1 Corinthians tells us this. But we preach Christ crucified. Watch what he says. It's a stumbling block to the Jews and it's foolishness to the Gentiles. Now in those days there's only two groups of people that he's writing to. So, it's all of those outside of the church, it's either a stumbling block or it's foolishness. But to those whom God has called, that would be me, to them, He's called, He's called everybody, but only some have answered the call, okay? So, to those that He's called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. But God choose chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise god chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong come on do i need to mention a baby in a manger right here Right? We're coming on Christmas. The weak things, the baby things, the foolish things, the simple things to confound. How can a baby be the Savior of the world? How can He on one page be the God that created the world and created Mary and then turn around on the next page and be dependent on that very Mary that He created to sustain His life? The foolish things. The simple things, right, everybody? Mm -hmm. Is that all I got on that one? I got to keep up better, all right. Now, I want to make a a little caveat here. I want to put a little asterisk by this. I think we should always, as people of God, be willing to build a bridge from where we live to where they live. Come on, there's a whole lot of people that are the natural man, right, Of everybody? And, and I think that we ought to, let me say it this way, I think we ought to be willing to build a natural bridge to the natural man to get the natural man to the spiritual things, not the other way around. Many times, as Christians, we want to build a spiritual bridge to the natural man and expect the natural man to feel familiar with the spiritual bridge. It does not work like that, it's foolishness to them. So, if we can build a natural bridge to the natural man, then the natural man sees something that's familiar with him, come on, everybody, and can walk across on that bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, my philosophy in ministry just for a minute this isn't about leadership and in how i believe but many of you have probably picked up on as a pastor one of my philosophies of ministry is that we first meet the natural need so we earn the right to reach the spiritual need mm-hmm. come on it's silly for us as spiritual man to look over there and say i don't know how they could do that It's foolishness for us to quote a Bible verse to them, come on, or tell them what they're doing wrong. First of all, they didn't sign up to live the way we're living. Come on. So we can't use a spiritual bridge to get to them. We're going to take care of that part in a moment. But first the natural and then the supernatural. That's why we do things like serve day. Hello, you guys following me? I know you're trying to process that, right? Let me give it to you in Scripture. First Corinthians, Paul's dealing with the very same thing. Verse 45 and 46, he says this. This gives us a little formula here. So it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam, which is Jesus, a living spirit or a life-giving spirit. That's where we get the term life-giving church, okay? So so Adam, he was a living being. He was a natural man, okay? Because he sinned and he forfeited the the, the spiritual man. He's a natural man. The last Adam, Jesus, becomes a life-giving spirit. Did you see the order? First, the natural than the supernatural watch the spiritual did not come first but the natural and after that the spiritual come on church if we're going to reach people in that land it's not just about sermons come on it's not just about spiritual singing yes there's a spiritual dynamic but we have to be willing to meet a natural need come on a felt need are you guys here So that they have a bridge that they can walk across. I'm not minimizing the power of the Spirit. Undergirding the natural bridge is the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, everybody? Right? So that's why we want to do food. And that's why we want to do clothing. And that's why we want to help people. And that's why we want to do outreaches. And that's why we want to do feed the multitudes and serve days and those kind of things. Because first the natural and then the supernatural. Because, what good does it do for me to tell them that God loves them while their stomach is empty? Yeah. Hello, somebody. Yeah? okay and and so next year we decided to change feed the multitudes a little bit, and next year we feel like just because of all the things we 've done this w- year and how well you 've shown up to everything we 've done from serve day to the children 's project to feed the multitudes, and you 've just responded on legacy offering and just so many things um, next year we 're going to a- a- also reach our neighborhoods, but we 're going to uh, w- we 're going to ask every one of you, we're going to deputize every one of you, to go bring a family that day and have dinner with you. They don't even have to come to church first. I, I, I know that'll mess with your theology, but just invite them. Say, man, I'd like to buy you some tacos, and you can eat as many as you want. And it's not a lie. You're buying them because it's your faithfulness in giving that allows us to reach the natural so we can turn around and reach the supernatural. Come on now, right? Okay. Uh, let's see, where was I at before you started clapping? Uh, and, and by the way, that's why Mark gets up here and says, register your kids. And yes, if you know a family in need, register them. If you know a family not in need, register them. If you pass a family on the way to church, register them. If you see kids on the playground, register them. Just register kids because, come on, don't you think if they come to the house of God and their natural needs, come on, are met, there is a good chance, come on. I will never forget the day when my church knocked on my door and brought Christmas presents into my house and brought groceries into my house. They were meeting my mom's natural needs, and that same night, her spiritual man came to life. Come on, everybody, right? It's the felt needs. But now, it doesn't stop there. We build the natural bridge, but we point them toward the gospel. Right? 2 Corinthians 4.4. Let me finalize this point with this verse. The God of this age has blinded their minds. Right? Has blinded them. The God of this age, who is the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers... So they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. They they can't see Jesus over here when they're living here. Does that make sense? That's why it's our responsibility not just to preach to them. It's our responsibility to build a natural felt need bridge because as they get closer, come on, as they see a church that feeds them a meal, as they see a church that gives them a sleeping bag, and they so you see a church that is talking to us about how to become better parents and how to have better marriages felt needs, the light of the gospel begins to open up to them. Is that making sense? And by the way, because of your faithfulness and giving, I looked over in the room, the outreach center today, there's a wall stacked full of sleeping bags, and uh, one of the things we're doing is making sure every homeless person in this community has a warm sleeping bag for the holidays. Amen, everybody? (laughs) All right. Okay, so number two. So we got the natural man. Number two is we have the carnal man. Oh, let me back up. This man lives in Egypt. I think I told you that. The land of Noninov. Okay, now we have the carnal man. 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 1 through 3. It's a lot of scripture, so write it down if you want to dive into it. This is out of the American Standard Version. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual. See, sometimes we think we're going to speak to the natural man with spiritual things. But Paul was smart enough to say, no, no, I can't speak to you as you're spiritual. i got to speak to you different to get you through little baby steps, right? Okay, um, and read, that's why picketing somebody does not work. A big sign that says Jesus saves, it doesn't work. How they interpret that is Jesus is hating me and against me, okay? All right, because it could not speak unto us as spiritual but you had to speak to us as carnal. I want you to notice something. He says, and I, brethren, notice he calls them brethren, he calls them brothers, okay? I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but only unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with meat, for ye were not yet able to bear it. It <laughs> feels a little like King James here. There are a lot of e's and thou's and that stuff, all right? Nay, not even now are you able. For ye are yet carnal, for you're yet carnal. You're saved, but you're still carnal. Uh, I know they're saved because he calls them brethren. He says, I'd like to talk to you about some deeper things, but I can't, so let's just keep it very surface. The good news is you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. The bad news is you haven't moved one inch since you got saved. That's basically what he's saying for you are, you are yet carnal for where and there's nothing wrong with being carnal if you got saved last week but i know people been in church 30 years and will brag about being in church 30 years uh leave it alone ken <laughs> for where there is among you jealousy and strife remember this line and you are and and ye not carnal and do not walk after the manner of men. Okay, there's a lot in that. I can't unpack it all. But first of all, notice that he calls them brothers. He's speaking to Christians here, Christians that should by now. He's speaking to the church of Corinth, who has a lot of spiritual gifts, but not a lot of spiritual maturity. A carnal Christian is an infant. How many of you admire a baby? Let me just see your hands. You admire a baby. Look at all the ladies. Ah. I- I've only seen two men's hands. I don't know what is... They all look the same to me. No, they don't. Everyone admires a baby. Just say, aw. But if a baby stays a baby after 10 years, how many know it's not cute anymore? Huh? It's not cute changing a 10-year-old's diaper. How many know what I'm talking about? Right, everybody? Some, now, Now that's funny, but it's real serious. Something's wrong when you've been on the earth for 10 years but you still act like a baby something's wrong in the development if you've been a follower of Christ for 10 years but you he lives he lives in a different land he's come out of Egypt but he lives in the desert he lives in the land of non-enough. He's out of Egypt, but Egypt hasn't come out of him. I <laughs> mean, you know what I'm talking about, huh? It's interesting that in the desert, if you think about this, in the desert, he lives in the desert, the land of just enough. He's got just enough salvation, just enough joy. He rushes to church on Sunday to get filled up on more because he doesn't know how to sustain it on his own. He's got just enough. Hello, somebody, right? And, and so it's interesting that in the desert, have you ever noticed about the desert? Anybody ever been in the desert? Desert. there's no vegetation in the desert. Hmm. Uh, let me say it a different way. There's no fruit in the desert. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, now now, the fruit we do see in the carnal Christian, let me tell you about some fruit we do see in the desert. Let me talk to you about some fruit we do see, and this comes right out of that first Corinthians verse I read to you. In the carnal Christian, here's some things we do see. We see constant fighting. Constant fighting. Amongst Christians, constant fighting. You would think it was the year 2020 all over again. Constant fighting. The Corinth church was split because of all kind of carnal living. There was envy in the church. There was strife. There was gossip. There was fornication. There was just all kind of things going on. Uh, in the church, uh, so that's one of the fruits. There was constant fighting. Number two is there was prolonged infancy in the church. They had been saved a long time, but they were still acting like they had never learned anything. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Patty and I used to uh, uh, be interrupted all the time. We we had uh, two people that lived with us for a season, and we were interrupted by them all the time. They were obnoxious. They would wake us up in the middle of the night. They would come home after we had gone to bed. They would cry in the middle of the night. Sometimes they would barge into our bedroom. How many know barging into a married couple's bedroom is taboo? How many know that, right, everybody, huh? Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, they were our kids. And it was acceptable when Janessa, at three years old, would walk into the room and wake Patty up because she had a bad dream. I don't know how acceptable it was when she had come to my side of the room, not wake me up, but just stare at me. (laughs) And I'd wake up and see that and freak out. How come you wake her up gently, but you give me the Yoda stare-down look, Uh, right? But now they're a lot older, (laughs) They're 30-ish, and um, how many know it would be weird for my long-bearded son at 31 years old to come into my room and tell me he had a bad dream? If he did, I would punch him in his long beard. I'm telling you, right, huh? See, babies are... Babies are, (laughs) Jake just said, I'd punch myself. Uh, (laughs) Babies are very dependent. They can't walk by themselves. They can't talk by themselves. They can't reason by themselves. They like loud noises and loud toys. Ah, A a, a baby needs constant attention. Mm, Carnal Christians. You know what else? I already touched on this, but they have no fruit. They, they, there's no love. There's no joy. And if there is, it's very circumstantial. Their, their peace, where is your peace? Uh, did, did anybody ask a question, when, when bad things, when pandemics come on the world, where's the Christian's peace in the midst of the storm? <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control right? Um, Now, let me give you an example. I've heard messages growing up on how you get that fruit, how you get love, joy, peace, and all that. I've heard messages over my whole life, three steps to joy, seven keys to peace, and I reject that. Now, I don't want to be crude. I know there's kids in the room, but when a married couple is intimate together, it produces an offspring. It produces a fruit. Named Johnny. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so when a couple is intimate, it produces fruit. I don't need seven keys to have peace. I need to be intimate with God, and the peace and the joy is a byproduct of my intimacy with God. Come on, everybody, right? and these carnal Christians they become very high maintenance because they never grow up you're 20 years old in the Lord and you still don't have self control and you still don't have joy and you still don't have you don't have 20 years of experience you have one year of experience 20 times you're just like the people in the desert walking around in circles time after time after time depending on everybody else to get you through the journey instead of putting roots down and say my fear does not stand a chance when I stand in your love come on i gotta stand right everybody right time time should make you evolve maturity makes you evolve a baby is dependent a teenager becomes independent but still needs advice right come on now the carnal christian becomes the enemy's number one target you know why because they're weak and they're dependent on their friend they're dependent on their parent. They're dependent on their pastor. And none of those people are the Holy Spirit. So when they can't find the pastor, and they can't find their friend, they are weak and alone because they have nothing to stand on because they have always stood on someone else's faith. It's called a second-hand revelation. Right? Are you guys still with me? They're, they're weak. and In fact, their theme song is, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid, right? <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. Number three. The third one is we have the natural man that lives in the land of not enough. We have the carnal man that lives in the land of just enough. And we have the spiritual man. And uh, the spiritual man, he's crossed over. He's full in. He is sold out. He has jumped in with both feet. It, it, I'm riding with Jesus. Mm. and he gets to live in Canaan and Canaan is a land that flows I love the word I love that it uses the term flow because it talks about rhythm there's a there ought to be a rhythm any healthy relationship my wife and I there's a rhythm to our relationship the, the rhythm sometimes is take and give and minister and be ministered to there that's a rhythm in life the, the shore comes in and the shore goes out. The sun goes up, the sun comes. There's a rhythm to things that are healthy. There ought to be a rhythm, a flow, if you would, in our Christian walk. And when we get to living in Canaan and become spiritual-minded, there becomes this rhythm in our walk with Christ. When there are bad times, come on, when the sun's down, it's okay because joy's coming in the morning. I'm spiritual enough to recognize that there are seasons and there are rhythms and there are ebbs and flows. I'm not going down. This is just a let down for a setup. How many know what I'm talking about, right, everybody? Come on. Amen. It's the land of victory. It's the land that flows. He discerns and he knows the mind of God. He's hungry for God. He loves God more than he loves the things of this world. He reflects God's character in all of his activities, and he demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit because he's been intimate with God. John fifteen, Jesus says it like this. He says uh, he talks about the fruit. Do I have John chapter number fifteen? Yeah. Uh, do I not have that verse? John 15, verse number 16. I don't have it. Okay. Uh, John 15, 16. Jot it down. Let me read it to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. The fruit that lasts comes from the intimacy with God. Okay. He's crossed over. Okay. So let's let's kind of wrap this up. The natural man is absent of the Holy Spirit. He's over here. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. He hasn't become born again. His spirit is dead. Okay? And um, the carnal man, the carnal man has the Holy Spirit, but there's this intense warfare. Come on. Does anybody know what the warfare feels like? Especially when you first get saved. Your natural man has been alive longer than your spiritual man. And the natural man has developed attitudes, (laughs) moods, appetites, come on, don't even act like you don't know what I'm talking about, right? And now you're born again, and the spiritual man wants to bring new moods and new attitudes and new appetites. But there's a war going on. Am I right about this? The flesh and the spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? And so let me just give you this. What man, whatever man you feed is the one that's going to win the battle, and if you're feeding all the time on the news, the natural man of fear is going to win the battle. But if you're feeding on the Word of God, then the spiritual man gets to win the battle. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Is this making sense to anybody? Galatians five seventeen it says this, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. How many know this to be true? Right? the the sinful nature man i want some things that are contrary to what god's told me so there's a battle who wins the battle the one we feed the one we exercise right okay so um and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not uh do what you want i know you can relate to that right okay as the carnal man becomes more spiritual, he is led of the Spirit. He become, as you grow, as you come to church, as you're in life groups, as you read your Bible, as you pray, and you spend time with God. See, these are things that what happened in the church world, we started demanding people to do, and they became legalistic. And now they became I have to's instead of I get to's. All those things are still important. It's why we do them. That makes the difference. I don't come home every night to my wife because I have to. Hello, somebody. Well, you know, I was out there and whoo, there was some temptation, man. I'm telling you, that's a lie. You're old now and I don't have any temptations. All right. And, but I don't come home to her because, well, we're married and I promised I'd be faithful to her. Doggone it. Not at all. I love her. I would do nothing to betray her. I would do nothing to affect the relationship, the love, the intimacy that we have. There is no devil in hell that would keep me from, and make me destroy what we have. I do that because I love her. Do you come to church because you have to? Or do you come to church because you're madly in love with God and you don't want to do anything to destroy that relationship? Come on, man. In fact, Paul, he gets kind of in your face about it. I love Paul. He makes me feel better about my preaching. 1 Corinthians, he says this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I'm over here in the carnal land. I'm kind of in the carnal. I talked like a child. You ever met somebody just saved just out of Egypt, but they still talk like they're in the world? I love this church because I get it all the time out there. That was one blanking sermon, Pastor. I love it. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay. I mean, what do you else do you say when somebody drops the F bomb in church about the message and about how cool God is? You're like, well, they're carnal, but they're on the journey. All right. Okay. <laughs> when I was a child, I talked like a child. Quit telling people that are living in this land to clean up their language. They talk like a child. That's like me trying to tell Kenny, now use. Big girl words. <laughs> and I love when she's running around, just having a conversation. She talks like a child because that's where she's at. Give her the grace to mature. But you've been saved 30 years now. Let's leave the F-bombs somewhere else, somebody, okay? All right. I was a child. I talked like a child. I thought like a child. This word is so powerful. Thought has everything to do with your appetites, your moods, your psyche. I thought like, I hungered for that stuff. I don't hunger for that stuff over there. I really don't. There has to come, let me say this. Uh, this is extra. Let me see if I can put it together. It's not in my notes. There comes a time in our spiritual maturity when it's no longer a choice between good and bad. It, 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 there comes a place where it's no longer a choice between God and the devil. It becomes a choice of what's good, what's better. I'm not, I'm not trying to choose if I'm going to go out and do drugs today. That was not even a battle for me. But I am trying to choose today what would be good for me to do. Who could I encourage? Who could I love? What would be good for me to do, right? Okay, um, Let me. Uh, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, watch this, everybody. We don't know, I've studied many theologians on this. When I became a man, is that something that gradually happens or is that something we decide today, I'm going to grow up? I'm going to grow up. I'm no longer going to be the carnal Christian. I'm going to be the spiritual Christian. When I became a man, here's what I did. I put away childish things. I put the ways of childhood behind me. That was his choice. That wasn't something that God made him give up. When I decide to grow up, there's some things I'm going to leave behind. Some things are good things, but there's some things. There's 10 hours of television watching that I need to give up so I can spend a little bit more time with God. Hello, somebody? Right? Okay, so let me wrap this up. Uh, Are you getting anything out of this? Okay, let me try to wrap it up. Um, So as I told you, today you have multiple choice. Here they are. Number one, you can be the natural man. It's okay. We're not even going to throw stones at you. Matter of fact, we're glad that you're even listening to this message. Welcome, natural men. (laughs) Glad you're here, all right? I know you're living in Egypt. You're in bondage. You're under a taskmaster. I get it. It's okay. I'm just glad you're here because I can trust the Holy Spirit will work on you. It's not by an accident that you tuned in. It's not by an accident that you're here. I know you're living in a land of not enough, but be careful because it can be camouflaged by the things of this world, but you're really in the land of not enough. Not enough food, not enough straw, but more than that, not enough rest, not enough joy, not enough peace. When the lights are off and no one's listening, in the stillness of yourself, there's not enough. Number two is the carnal man. You can be the carnal man. You you can be the carnal Christian. But one day I'm going to go before Jesus and I'm going to take my rewards that I get and I'm going to lay them at the feet of Jesus and I don't want to show up empty-handed. I don't want to just make it to heaven and, woo I got in. What, what? (laughs) right you've come out of egypt many christians have come out of egypt but they're not in canaan they're not in the rhythm they're not in this rhythm relationship rhythm shows up in your church attendance rhythm shows up in your prayer life rhythm shows up in those things rhythm isn't like well you know i don't got nothing else going on sunday no that's not rhythm rhythm shows up in my habits of my life and you're and so you can be that man you can be the carnal man living in the land of just enough watch this it was just enough manna manna bread from heaven symbolic of jesus just enough jesus okay i gotta do the last one be out of your way number three or you can be the spiritual man saved by grace set free because of his grace Living in the land of more than enough because Jesus said, I've come to give life and give it to you more than enough, more abundantly. You're winning battles. You're conquering land. You're still fighting in Canaan. There's still giants in Canaan, but you're winning those battles because he has made you to be more than a conqueror. Ladies and gentlemen, it's multiple choice. It's your decision. Amen? All right, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there.